0: On Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNs. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning,
1: Rutherford County. Got my brother Mike on today, and uh, Brian Barrett came by this morning and helped with the equipment, and uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, couldn't make it without Brian. And sometimes, as most of you know, equipment, electronics, kind of. Well, just didn't take a whole lot to to make them ineffective. So I'm happy this morning. How you doing, Mike? Doing fine. Doing fine. What's going on at the farm in Auburn, down? Well, we're uh, into hay, and we're
2: selling some sheep and uh, uh, trimming some feet. Just uh, kind of general farm work. Uh, we'll be baling hay tomorrow. We cut it yesterday, and we'll be baling hay tomorrow. and and I've uh, got some help coming to help me trim some feet this morning. So uh, got a lot going on.
1: It looks like now you would have it perfected. You've been farming ever since you were about four years old. Well, perfection is not my game. <laughs> I don't think it's anybody's game anymore.
2: <laughs> no, I uh, we just we just piddled around and try to try to make ends meet
1: do you miss being out of education because that was your love at one time and of course uh, everything changes oh yeah and education has changed probably more than any other um, uh, say people in in those type of careers you've seen a lot of changes
2: world of changes i started teaching in 71 in woodbury uh then uh ended up in Williamson County, then back to Rutherford County, then back to Williamson county again, so yeah. I've been in a couple of counties and uh made a lot of uh, good friends and uh, still get a lot of feedback from students mm-hmm. and uh yeah yeah, you miss that interaction with the students more yeah. than anything uh of course, that changed a whole lot over the years, and uh uh teaching got to be uh it's advanced with technology and uh, uh, following rules that you really didn't understand why you're being delegated to do this thing. And, you know, I figured after, you know, 30, 40 years of teaching, I pretty well had it figured out. And uh, But then uh, the State Department has gotten into it so much and changed the curriculum so many times and... Uh, it's not you know I once upon a time, I taught algebra, yeah, and uh i I'd go in to observe an algebra class, and I'm thinking, uh what is this yeah you know, this is not this is not what I'm used to. And the science has changed, you know hands on, hands- on, hands-on, uh, you know, and I always said I was hired to teach. I wasn't hired to sit back and watch kids learn on their own. Yeah, and that's not a fast process. I'm sorry, it's not a fast process. Kids learning on their own now, uh, and I, it just I just fell out with it. It's just it got to be where uh, it just wasn't enjoyable uh, you know, anymore. And yeah. a lot of it has to do with technology and being able to uh, go from one thing to the other technology-wise. That's okay, but I still think the word teacher means teach, yeah. and that's kind of following. Now, I did like the fact that you know we had paces and we had things that we had to teach, and uh uh, that was okay with me you know this week i've got to teach this next week i got to teach that i i could live with that but then then when we started with uh the hands-on that started really i was doing that in williamson county several years ago and i never did it uh i just it's you know they didn't bother me thank goodness i had a principal that left me alone, and my kids always scored well. And even here in Rolfeord County, my kids always scored well, and I'd had teachers come up to me wanting to know what I was doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My scores well. I said, I'm teaching the standards that they tell me to teach, and that's what I'm doing. And uh, I don't do anything above that, but I teach it. And I think that's the difference. You know, I don't let them learn the standard on their own. You know, I taught it. And... Uh, uh, it It worked for me now, I mean you know i i don't know it's just uh, but it's it 's amazing when you 've got somebody who's been in education maybe five or six years and they 're telling a somebody who 's been doing it thirty years what they need to be doing and that 's you know somebody a lot of these people have been in the classroom two or three years and then they get to be vice principals and they get to be principals. Mm-hmm. they 've never been in a uh, long enough for, to me to really know how to handle kids. You, there's a secret to handling kids. Uh, you got you got to get to know them, and a lot, every one of them's different. And if you don't if you don't realize that you can't you can't teach every one of them the same way. Every one of them's different, and you got to figure them out.
1: The curriculum that's passed on from Washington and Nashville um, is is there any uh, way to follow up on the type of people? who are passing that particular uh, subject down to the schools across the nation, it it, it's, it seems like that they have gone way away f- from the original teaching of those particular subjects. That, and you were mentioning experience. It, it, is there any requirements for those particular people that are passing that down and, and changing all of the the reading material that comes down. It's just, uh, it seems like there's a lot of chaos in there. Well, you
2: know, uh, I used to say it this way. There's not just one way to do something. I can can leave home, and I can get here four or five different ways. Mm -hmm. But when you feel like your way is the only way, and that's how it's going to be done then i think you're really i think you're messing up there now uh... the way they're teaching math now uh... they can back that up with uh... their knowledge of math and they can say this makes it much easier on the students to learn and you know do it this way and this is the way it needs to be done well that's not necessarily the case When you're adding a group of numbers, and they say you know the hundreds or thousands and tens, and when you start dividing them up into uh, thousands, hundreds, and tens and units, and then adding them all up and then putting them back together, you're wasting a whole lot of time. In my opinion, yeah, you know why not just add a column, you know, carry over whatever it's a twenty or a thirty or whatever, Yeah. yeah. And you know, I can do that. I can do that in a matter of maybe of a minute or less than a minute, mm-hmm. whereas uh, when you've got to break them apart, you're talking about a little simple problem that should take a minute or less. This taking a kid, you know, a third, fourth grader, it's taking them five, maybe six minutes to, you know, do all of that. Yeah. And that's the reason their homework it's it's so far out, you know. Uh, a Fifteen minute homework ends up being an hour, hour and ten minutes, and I don't I, that I don't understand. And then, and my daughter teaches chemistry over at uh, Magnet School, Central Magnet, and they're not even teaching according to her. They're not even teaching the periodic table anymore. Mm. And you know that was the first thing I did when when uh, I taught chemistry because I wanted them to learn the elements and know how they how they might interact and know the know how they uh, were put together. You know, protons, neutrons, electrons, and you know, and know why this element would react with this because they could look at their structure and they would un- they could basically understand why um, sodium would combine with chlorine because they could look at their outer shells, but. That's not done anymore, from what I understand. So, and it's gotten to be so mathematically uh, centered. Of course, chemistry is—it's math, big part of its math. And you're getting kids in in a chemistry class that they can't do the math, and it's 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 tough on teachers. I don't, you know, I I feel sorry for
1: them. It, it seems like that because of the monies. Uh, especially in the federal government and the state and all of that, if you don't follow their particular guidelines, then you're punished. Mm. You have to follow their guidelines right. or you don't receive the money. You don't receive you're the talking money. about uh, all the subject. I mean, you're talking about history and all of those that, that go on down. Um, it It seems like that we're being structured in a way that – we have no say so. The, the, the freedoms of the education process, they don't seem to be there anymore.
2: No, uh, and of course, uh, money rules. You know, money rules. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but money rules. And education uh, education's big time. You know, yeah. books. Uh, you know, and a lot of people say, "Well, you know you, you can get them on your computers, you know you get your book, but they cost about the same amount of money on the computer when you buy the system as you as a book does, yeah, And I always liked my book, and I've been both ways, you know they've had computers and they've had uh, the books. I've always liked the books because it's there, yeah, and uh, uh, but sometimes you know we we lack the knowledge of like a book we don't know how to use a book most Mm -hmm. of the kids have no idea how to use a textbook and that's kind of sad but i mean you know they'll be looking they'll be thumbing through pages looking for an answer Mm -hmm. in a chapter and all they got to do is go back to their index and find a key word and they go back and they you know there it is they don't have to thumb through but, you know, a lot of teachers don't teach that. You know, they don't think about teaching that. But I learned from experience. You've got to teach that. And also your vocabulary. The vocabulary has changed. Uh, and I don't know how many times I've said something in class and looked around. I said, y'all don't have any idea what I just said, do you? They didn't. Their vocabulary is not, a lot of them, is not where it should have been. Ours, was, you know, we read and, and you know, and. I really don't know what we're doing, really, in education. But, uh, you know, the good part, the smart, intelligent students will always be smart and intelligent, and they will do well. And you, you can back that up from way back. Yeah. A smart kid is always going to be able to, to do the work and will succeed. They will do because they want to.
1: But a good teacher can ma- make a, a good teacher a, a, can... a, a, a normal... Uh, middle of the class uh, can bring them up i I can't
2: tell you how delighted I've been over the years uh, get kids in who had a low reading level they felt like they they weren't as good as everybody else mm-hmm. and you put a little praise on a kid like that and and you look at them and, and tell them I know you know the answer because I've said it mm-hmm. and eventually and you know and when you go to bragging on one and you got to learn the kids now you got to learn them and let them know that they have the ability to do it. It's amazing what what will happen with them. And uh, I remember one special kid over at Holloway, and he was really, really low in his math, and and he's in everything. He was low, and uh, I had him in a math class, and he was uh, determined, no matter what he was he was going to carry over. And, like if he had um, uh twenty or thirty or whatever, mm-hmm. he carried the twenty he carried the thirty he mm-hmm. didn't carry the two, and he was it was just I couldn't figure out what he was doing wrong, finally, I figured out what he was doing wrong, and day after day, browbeat him because his teacher told him he had he had to carry over and he finally got it in, and he, he went from like a 30 or a 40 in his tests uh, with at the end of the year to up in the high 80s. And as an English change. He was, you know, he
1: was much brighter than what his was. He was
2: brighter were. than what he thought he was. He had yeah. been browbeat. He just didn't think he could do it. And yeah. it turned out he could. And I, I saw him years later, and now he was really... He was doing well, and he really appreciated the fact that you know that I had figured it out. That was just you know one little old thing It changed him. You just never know what the key is. You
1: you can't take the teaching out of the teacher and make what the bothers, students better.
2: That's what bothers me. We're not uh, we're not in there for the show. We're in there to teach. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you know, but. That's I can't change it. Um, you know, I've been on committees. I've been on textbook committees and this and that, and, and uh, it's just amazing what goes on. You,
1: you take the private schools. Private schools don't have to follow right. those particular guidelines because of money, of course. And what would happen if uh, we could go to a system that was more like a private school system that... Uh, you you look at those particular guidelines that they're laying down, and um, maybe someone will will get a sense of of what is really right, and be able to each state be able to have its own system like a private school system, and um, would would that be a a a situation that each state could afford. They couldn't
2: government. afford it unless they had government assistance. Number one, uh, the poor would be the ones that would suffer because they're not going. They wouldn't be able to because there wouldn't be enough money uh,
1: to carry on. But like. but but w- the poor people uh, are not really feeding in the monies into. The, the education yeah. system anyway. No, so, they're not. But right. how could you, what I'm trying yeah. to ask you is, how could you adjust that for each state? Well, that's the thing about it. that
2: it, Unless you're getting a government assistance, it, it would. There's just not enough money to go around to to pay teachers and buy the equipment and do all the things they have to do. It's education's big business. I mean, it's big business. Of course, people it is. A people, lot of people you know, making a lot of money yeah, on it. People don't realize uh, exactly. I mean, you take the computers. You know, we think. You know, heck, that, they spend a tremendous amount of money every year on computers. Yeah. And. Uh, in my my opinion, yeah, it's good to have the computers. You could have them in the library. But, you know, let the kids write. Let them, you know, we know that if you write it down, you've got a much better chance of remembering it than if you type it in. Sure. Much better. So we could do without a lot of this stuff. Now, I'm, you know, and just get down to brass tacks. We could do better, I would think, with the, getting away with a lot of this, these things, but still, you need computer science. You know, let that be what they what they do. Uh, but it, it's it's almost I, I'd say what you're saying is uh, it's almost. And we both know you let government get involved.
1: That's the problem. Yeah, that when you let problem. the
2: government get involved, the federal government when mm-hmm. they get involved, then. You can't fix it. I mean, we know that. Uh, we were raised up hearing that. I I don't know how many times I heard that up when I was growing up, you know. Yeah. Uh, look what happened to the walking horse industry when the federal government got involved. It just pretty much destroyed it. Yeah. And uh, But you watch when the government gets involved, something, something good is not going to happen. It's probably going to be bad when the federal government gets their hands on it because it's all about the money.
1: Well, you would have thought that with all the changes that have gone on in the last 30 years, that um, the teachers would have more of a say-so because they're the ones that have been sitting there watching it change, and it's not changing for for the good, as we know. And uh, I don't know how in the world that they're not – the the, the teachers are not monitoring all of those changes – and they don't have a voice in it whatsoever, which really doesn't make any sense.
2: Well, it's it's all administrative, and it's all uh, you do what the administration tells you to do, and the administration is told what to do. But their from, hands are well, well, tied. Well, they're told what to do from the state, the people in the State Department. People in the State Department are governed by what the federal government says you can or can't do, so it it all gets down, you know, it just all funnels down, in it. and your hands, a lot of times, you know, I've been a principal, your hands are tied in a lot, a lot of cases, it band-aids come in from uh, court systems, your court systems have not really backed education, uh, they, they don't... Uh, Uh, we got a caller on line.
1: Let's see what they've got to say. Caller, welcome aboard with Mike Jones.
4: How you doing, Mike? Uh, This is Charlie Pitts. Hello, Charlie. I'm so glad the government got involved in the walking horses because I've seen a lot of horses come off out of the ring, crippled, couldn't hardly go. I've got walking horses myself, but I never jacked them up. I never made them sore. I never put mustard oil on them or chains to make the ankles uh, sore Mm -hmm. to get them to walk. But anyway, when the federal government gets involved, sometimes they have to, to clean this thing up. I've seen the horses have to be drug off the field in the walking horse industry, so I never really want to uh, walk my horses or sore them. Yeah, that's kind of strange.
2: I've been involved. Let let, let me tell
4: you something real quick. My parents worked for $2 a day for the man before minimum wage, the government got involved and got a minimum wage, and they thought they were rich. So sometimes when the government gets in there, it's for the people's own good. I'm gonna hang up and listen,
3: okay? All right. thank you. <laughs>
2: that is true, sometimes it does work. Yeah, uh, but I saw a multi million dollar uh industry go down, and uh, I worked at two major horse barns, I never saw a horse drug, I never saw one uh uh mutilated yeah. never never saw one that uh, horse is hurt, he's gonna lay down and roll yeah, I mean I've learned that I've been around him all my life, and uh, I will say this: the one who suffered the most was the horse, yeah, not the owners, not the riders not you know not the people in the business the peop- the one that hurt the most was the horse because Uh, Like I say, I've been in two major horse barns. Uh, Horses got fed sometimes three times a day, sometimes twice a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the time, twice a day. They had hay in their rack. They had water. They had fly spray to keep flies off of them. They had blankets on them in the winter, and they rode them maybe uh, three times a week or four. It depends on whether they're going to show them or not. They were ridden not but very little. Uh, yes, there were people in there in the business who did what they shouldn't have done. Uh, they overdid, and they should have been punished. I agree with all of that. But uh, uh, the people who took care of their horses—I mean, those horses were bathed, washed daily, mm-hmm. and uh, and fed daily. And now that same horse that was probably worth, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. A lot of those horses that would be in the show ring today, they're out there looking for something to eat.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, the grass is all they're going to get and a little hay because the value of them just went down to nothing. And But now Charlie's right. You know, there were people who uh, uh, did not do what they should have done. But I was, like I said, now I started showing colts when I was 12 years old, and I've never seen a horse drug out. Yeah. I've never seen one... Uh, that I thought was mutilated because, you know, yeah, they put the chains on him. He had grease on his feet to keep it from rubbing, and because you didn't want sores, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that did make him raise his feet up higher. The chains did. Uh, there's a big argument, yes or no, but when that horse, you know, after 20 minutes of riding, his his feet were washed, yeah, and he was greased, and you know, if he had a if he had a place on his foot, it was doctored. Cause, you know you you didn't want it bare uh, so uh you know but uh, Charlie's right in a lot of cases but uh, uh, and I will still say I'll stand back because I was in it a lot longer than him uh, and I made a living at it yeah I, n- I never saw one mutilated never saw one you know that uh, because I worked for good people David Mason and and uh, uh, mr Martin so uh, I was lucky I worked with good people they took care of their horses and I mean took care of them.
1: When you're messing with the minds of the young people who are going to be our leaders in the next uh, from now on and, and it passes on from one generation to the other um, it, it, it's almost like we're living in in pre-war Germany. Because when you start burning books and then you start the government starts thinking for you instead of assisting you in your education that that it it really doesn't compute uh, for for the future and, and and it doesn't bode well as far as I'm concerned for our country
2: well government mandates sometimes I guess are necessary but they're also scary when the government can mandate that you have to do this, you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, from the federal government side of it. Now the states are supposed to be able to rule themselves, but it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. I don't, you know, no. when, uh, the states are losing their grip yeah. on, uh, what they should and shouldn't do. And, and, uh, of course, you know, we got a lot of things to blame. I I, I I, see technology as being good, and I see it as being bad. And technology, you know, just like they were talking about today, now the schools uh, are being, uh, uh, what do they say, you know, the technology, they're being, uh, uh, oh, shoot, what am I trying to say? Uh, like they did the oil business. They're being... Yeah. They're, uh, I can't even think of the word with the technology, but they've they've, uh, hacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were talking about this morning being hacked. School systems are being hacked. They're pulling out, uh, and their computers are being hacked, and they can't use them. Mm. Uh, And that's pretty bad now because, you know, Teachers today depend on their computer. They got a computer, but they put their grades in there, their average of the grades, and you know, and they they're on the screen. They're using their they're using their computers every day. Well, you get hacked and you can't do it. Then they got to go back to the old way, and they've got a lesson prepared, and they're not ready. So I I see that as a problem. and I don't know if they're getting uh, uh, information on kids. You know I don't know if, I don't know all of what they're getting but uh, I do know that we've got s- several systems right now that have been hacked and they're you know they're holding them for ransom and that's getting pretty bad but these people that uh, uh, are hacking they have you know they don't have a conscience and uh, and all they're worried about is how many dollars they're gonna get and then when you've got they're not actually from this country that are hacking in or China or, you know, wherever they're from. That's a problem. Yeah. And uh, I know technology can be great, but it can also hurt.
1: There's a lot of things that can really hurt the school system. and And what you're saying right now is the things that we're dependent upon so much, they're pretty vulnerable to other things that are going on and it, it it does worry uh you and I of course we we've had our uh, day but uh the young people uh, we don't want to leave them in a situation that uh they can't repair and it, and if it keeps going the way it is
2: i don't know if it's repairable what we what we've done as far as technology goes uh you know, when you're putting gas in your car and somebody can use technology to steal your information and can use, use your card when you're, you know, buying gas,
1: yeah.
2: uh, all your credit cards, you know, and all of that stuff. Uh, and when they go to, you know, ATM and, and they withdraw, withdraw money, they've got ways that they can, that they can hack into that now. So, uh, you know, technology is great. You know, you can use your phone to put money in the bank. And do all your banking from home, and never, you know, never walk in the bank. Well, I'm not going to do that, uh, but people do. Yeah. And they feel safe at it, but I, I don't feel safe using uh, things like that. I just, you know, what happens if the bank, you know, what happens when you get hacked? What's, you know, I just don't understand. Uh,
1: well, even somebody like you and I, we we go back and we still do things the old-fashioned way. And uh, as our kids, each generation down, they they depend on the easy way, you might say, the computers and doing all their shopping and mm-hmm. everything through that way. And um, it, it's a much simpler way for them to do it. Yeah, but okay. it's also a, a, a way that uh, uh, they could have some problems later on. With those particular issues, We're, let's take a quick break right. and
0: we'll be right back with Mike Jones. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.
5: Hi, this is Becky
0: Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made.
4: Picture this. You start your day with an aerobics class in the indoor saltwater pool. You enjoy a cup of coffee on your private balcony before heading to a book club meeting in the parlor. You grab a made-from-scratch chicken salad sandwich from the soda shop for lunch just before live entertainment in the courtyard. For dinner, you join your neighbors for a five-star meal in the formal dining room. All of this at Adams Place Independent Living. And the Blue Raiders win
3: again. Man, I really need to get some new MT gear. Where are you going? I thought I'd go to the bookstore. Bookstore? I thought you wanted gear. Businesses always put what they're most proud of in their name. So where do you go? Raider Tees. They have tees, polos, hats, chairs, tents, artwork, everything blue for the true blue Raider fan. They're just off Broad Street behind Chewy's restaurant on Ridgely Road.
5: Raider Tees. Like us on Facebook for early notice of specials and sales.
3: Raider Tees, Bigger, better, and go blue. How are you feeling today?
1: More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers,
5: friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at getsthealthcare.com. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family-owned and operated since 1989.
0: Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
5: Rutherford County schools are now highly recommending face masks in schools after 500 students and 50 employees tested positive last week in the system. Director of Schools Bill Spurlock says because of the numbers, there are also changes in quarantine procedures. He says, quote, effective immediately we will require all contacts of positive cases to remain out of school until they've completed the recommended quarantine procedure. This applies to both students and employees. Those contacts who remain symptom-free for six consecutive days may return to school on the seventh day. Those who have symptoms may not return to school until they have been cleared from COVID-19 or it has been ruled out as the source of the issue. Spurlock says those who are household contacts of a positive case will not be permitted to return to school for at least 17 days because of the sustained nature of the contact. The spike of COVID-19 also led the director to highly recommend face masks, saying, quote, while masks are not a guarantee to prevent COVID-19, Healthcare leaders are encouraging masks as one possible way to slow the spread of the virus. Spurlock added, quote, When conditions begin to improve, we will review procedures and loosen restrictions if possible. Again, Rutherford County schools now highly recommending face masks after nearly 500 students and 50 employees tested positive last week in the system. And because of those numbers, there are also changes in the quarantine procedures. We have a link of that entire document at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Brian Barrett reporting. News updates
0: around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS.
5: Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon. High in the mid 90s. Winds out of the northeast at five to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear. Low of 72. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujcic on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's. Premiere 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premiere 6 on Broad in Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier
0: senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Mike Jones.
1: You know, Mike, while we were off the air, I was thinking, each generation has its own positives and negatives and I think back when mom and daddy uh us growing up with them and growing up with our grandparents papa jones and mama jones and uh also go all the way back to mama mcfarland we're we're talking about a lot of generations mm-hmm. that way and each one was so different because um a lot of um uh, uh, from mama jones and papa jones uh they uh, worked in farming pretty much their whole lives. Uh, Mama Jones did teach some uh, in, in the early days, but Papa Jones was a farmer pretty much all the way through. and farmer. And, and, and that's how they made their living. And uh, it, it was not an easy life. They worked hard from the time they got up till they went to bed at night but they enjoyed life they enjoyed doing all the things that they did they did they watched things grow they were pretty much giving back uh to um uh all the people around them when each one of them needed something they would reach out to they were a whole lot more sociable social i guess and but they also were there to help all of their neighbors and uh, that may have been one of the best times ever, for those type people.
2: Yeah, they worked hard. Now, I mean, uh, I mean, I could remember way back. You know, Papa Jones, our Granddaddy was, uh, you know, there wasn't a day that he wasn't out doing something. He yeah. was working, and well, we were self-sufficient. Yeah. Because of all of that, when spring rose. Uh, the, uh, oh, I wish I could think of his name, came down with his wagon down Jake's Avenue, mm-hmm. had his plow, uh, and he plowed everybody's backyard. I don't think, I'm trying to think, when we first went there, there probably wasn't a yard there that they didn't have a garden. Yeah. Everybody had a garden. They had corn, beans, you know, potatoes. Uh, Papa Jones, Mama Jones milk cows every morning and every night at Stanley's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had our own milk and made our own butter. So we had no reason to be dependent upon the grocery store like right. people are today. Uh, we had our milk every day. We drank milk. We drank cow's milk. It wasn't pasteurized. It was cow's milk. Uh, we had butter. We didn't have margarine. We had butter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we had fresh sausage when we killed hogs. We had bacon when we killed hogs. Uh, we had pork chops. So, you know, we had all of those things when we killed hogs. Uh, so we were pretty much, I mean, you think about it, we were pretty much self-sufficient.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Uh, went to the. You didn't go to the grocery store every week. You know, you might go once a month. Uh, if you needed salt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, we rendered our own lard when we killed hogs. So we had our lard, you know, in grease. So uh, it was the necessities, you know, Coca-Colas and candy bars. That was our treats. You and know, we, we walked was, down to Bud's yeah, store yeah, or, yeah. or Mitchell's store and, at that time. And, and and at that time, you know, you got, it was a dime. You can buy a big old candy bar and a Coca Cola, and it was gonna cost you a dime,
1: yeah, and
2: or sometimes eight cents. I can remember, I, could, well, I don't know if it was the cokes or the candy bars were three cents, you know. Now I, I remember Mama thinking, "Oh my goodness!" When cokes went up to I don't know a quarter or something, we thought we were gonna go broke. We were never gonna drink another Coca Cola, and uh, gasoline, you know, I pumped a lot of gas at Bud at uh, uh, all. Uptown at the uh, station, what was the name of the station that uh, I worked at? Uh, It was downtown, yeah. Yeah. It was
1: right off of uh, 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 East Main Street. Well,
2: old James K. Polk Hotel, right next to it. Yeah. And uh, uh, we uh, pumped a lot of gas quarter. Mm-hmm. A quarter a gallon and uh, sometimes it would go down I remember when Bud and them used to have their little gas force sometimes it'd be 18, seventeen, 18 cents a gallon yeah and that's you know uh, you fill up your tank seven eight dollars and you know you're gone now it's 65 or 70.
1: And, and we all wa- uh, wanted, needed money for a little per- personal thing, so we would go haul hay all day for the uh, the farmers. $3 and, or $4. dollars we say they weren't spending much money by letting us do that, but uh, that three, we earned everything that we got yeah, back Yeah, that
2: 3 and that $4 went a long ways back then. And, uh, oh, was, uh Joe Murray's uh, Amoco yeah, Station Murray, where it was. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the... Uh, uh, kids that graduated from high school would end up, you know, Russell worked there.
1: Yeah,
2: my uh, brother. Bert Parsley, Bud Morris, and all that bunch. We worked at, uh, we all worked at Joe Murray's, and Coach Murphy, when I was playing football at MTSU, would catch me working, because I was on scholarship. Yeah. It call me and he's off Mike, you can't be working. You're going to have to hide, quit, and, <laughs> and, uh, of course, I didn't have any money, and, uh, so when... I'd be quit, waiting, well, you know, maybe a week or two, and Joe would let me come back, and I'd go back to work because, I mean, you know, he didn't have any money. And so that's that was my, and, and we worked for 75 cents an hour. That's yeah. what I got paid, 75 cents an hour. We pumped gas, we checked the oil, and we checked the radiators, every car, and we washed the windshield on every car that came in.
1: And that's part of the reason you became self-sufficient, because you were doing all those things. Well, we that, learned to work. Yeah. You learned to work. And uh, I think that's, it's kind of sad now, you
2: know, the hay field, uh, it's all, you know, done mechanically. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, very few people. I think Bud Bud Mitchell might be the only person I know now that will bail hay and, and uh, gets his bunch out and they, they load it up. <laughs> uh, that's just not done anymore. And, uh, uh you know we can we can put up hay, uh, you know maybe 70, 80 bells a day. Now we're talking about big round bells yeah. in a day. And uh, now the technology has changed so much. These guys going out with with square bells now, and yeah. they put them in a stack and they can load them up. And you know they don't have to ever have,
1: touching them. And
2: yeah, and they don't have to have any help. So yeah. uh, that's good for the farmer, but I don't know that it's good for that kid who who you know. Uh, could make a little money, yeah. but uh, uh, of course, I mean, you know, like uh, Charlie said, uh, you know, uh, minimum wage going up and minimum wage going up to the point that poor old farmer, uh, you know, he can't afford a farmer. I mean, no. people don't, he can't afford to pay eight ten dollars an hour, uh, for kids to load hay, he just can't do it, and uh. That's the reason they've gone to round bales. And I know any time I've got a kid that uh, comes to help me, first thing they want, you know, how much are it going to make an hour? Well, I'll pay you $8 an hour. And that's pretty much the going rate now with kids, and that's and that's hard. Uh, you know, the way livestock, you know, cattle are going up right now, but the way livestock and things go, I'd have been this last summer, winter, I'd have been a lot better off if I'd sold my hay and and got rid of my cows. And what I ended up doing was letting the cows eat my hay, and then I sold the cows for little or nothing. So you know, people don't realize that uh, uh, it's 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 a game, boy. It can change on you. You may have a thousand dollar cow in the field one month, and three months later, she's worth six hundred, or maybe worth five hundred. And that's just
1: but you can the chance if you, you have survive. Uh, no matter what happens, yeah, uh, unless the the weather just completely turns bad, but and <laughs> yeah. that's why farming has been. But you and I grew up in in a time where we could be self-sufficient from now right. on, no matter what happens. In, and dad, in today's world,
2: mom and dad and grandma and granddaddy, they uh, canned, yeah, in the garden. So, you know, they canned it. They put it up. We had food in the winter. You know, you didn't have to go to the garden because you ate it canned. Yeah. And they spent many, a many, many, many hours working in the kitchen and, and in the garden. And But that was, you know, that, that's something they needed. That's where they got their food. And uh, now we just, uh, very few people actually put in a garden anymore. They depend on now oh, I can buy it cheaper. Yeah. And it's probably true. I, we were talking at the store the other day where we eat in Auburntown, and somebody was talking about their their corn. And it's been so dry, it it's ruined. Yeah. And seed, they don't realize what seed costs. Uh, corn seed is a, is a fortune now. Mm-hmm. Corn, you buy a fifty-pound bag of corn, it's ten or eleven dollars. And I've never heard of it. We used to buy it for two dollars a hundred. Yeah. Now it's it's ten, eleven dollars fifty-pound bag. So that's twenty to twenty-two a ton. I I called the other day about buying a ton of corn. It was three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. A ton of corn. And you put that, divide that in there,
1: 20 into there, that's pretty expensive. Got a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard.
4: Yes, uh, a professional question. I was raised downtown Murfreesboro, and I did a little research on this. In y'all's lifetime, the farmers, when was beef the very highest?
3: The highest?
4: Yes, sir. When was the very high.
2: Probably about the, the highest I can ever remember it being. But I did hear somebody talk about uh, the other day uh, at one time, long time ago, how high it got. But now cattle, yeah. five, six years ago, maybe a little bit, were as high as I can ever remember them being. But now yeah, well, I did you hear know what somebody was very, say once on a time. I
4: did a little research on this. The very, very highest is when the cow jumped over the moon. <laughs>
2: Charlie, you won't do.
4: <laughs> well, y'all need a little humor to that show once in a while. Yes, we oh, do. I have to call y'all and get you laughing just a little bit. You know where, you where know, we can find you, huh? you
1: know where we can yeah. find any
4: <laughs> nah, humor. Oh yeah, got to find some humor here once in a while. You know? <laughs> okay. okay. Hey, I'm still listening to the show. I'm learning a whole lot. I was raised on a little old bitty posty stamp lot. On walnut Street having of those walnuts I started death I started farming <laughs> walnuts I'm gonna listen to you
3: okay all right. uh, yeah we used
2: to gather walnuts you yeah. I laughing and gather walnuts and put them in the driveway. oh gosh
1: yeah you know it's just not the the work the entertainment today they've got all sorts of entertainment but our entertainment as kids growing up, was uh, playing hide-and-seek and and running outside. We wouldn't go in until late at night, and there would be about 15 or 20 of us out there just enjoying each other's company and playing all kinds of games.
2: The whole neighborhood. And, of course, they did that, I'm sure, in in town. too. of course. A lot of kids I went to school with would talk about doing that, and that's uh, that's really changed because, yeah, a kid can entertain himself with his little... uh, remotes and, and have a big time but i i don't know that that's making him healthy either no uh but uh, yeah we we hit a many a rock out in the backyard with uh with a stick yeah we,
1: stick usually yeah,
2: run out of baseballs and we didn't have a baseball so we didn't have money to buy one and if you lost your baseball you were you were done that was it so you we went to rocks and we hit rocks with sticks
1: and mom and daddy would play rook with all the neighbors. Yeah, and the
2: neighbors would come in. And, and
1: uh, it, we just enjoyed each, each other's company. Everything would seem to be a little bit more social back then. Yeah. And if, just like I said earlier, if one of them is down on their luck or whatever, Everybody would pitch in oh, yeah. and, and assist in whatever yeah, you whatever helped, they needed.
2: You helped them. Um that's they they all got, when you're killing hogs you all gathered together and we you know, uh we all got together and we killed hogs together. Yeah. And uh uh if somebody well, you know, uh granddaddy helped build a gym at Kittrell. Yeah. Uh, and all the you know, all the group got together and, and they built a new gym at Kittrell. So uh uh, it's it's just we just live in a different world, and it's a whole lot more fast uh, than than our world was. And uh, you know what what I can't remember when did TV go off at eleven or twelve used to shut down at night
1: it wouldn't even go that long was
2: it was it uh, I just, you know you remember we would little, sit there
1: and watch the test pattern yeah
2: they would come up the little uh, it looked like a fan would come on and yeah and uh, you, it but, was over but,
1: but it, it changed our lives television did oh, it yeah. really did oh yeah and, and a lot of times we sit there and watch the stupid scream waiting for it to come on and I, I, I think about that a lot I think that television maybe controlled our lives more than anything that I can ever remember in history. And,
2: and you know, what's really funny about that, when you start watching uh, uh, Bonanza Mm -hmm. and some of those older westerns and, you know, some of the shows, you start watching, and it was amazing how much religion was involved in it they would pray and then you know and then they'd say things that mm-hmm. were biblical and you don't see that anymore now, I don't even enjoy watching the shows that are on television any, anymore I, I don't, don't watch either. because
1: maybe Jeopardy I like to I like to, yeah. you, you're, yeah. you're competitive too
2: and you know they're trying so many things that I don't believe in and that's my, that's me now that I don't believe in or on television now. Yeah. And it's, it's just like you're going to accept it or else. And, and you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, church was a big part of our lives. And I, you know, I believe that, you know, doing to others as you were doing to them. And i follow that. Yeah. And that's, that's the only way to live. But there's so many people who've gone off a beaten path nowadays that I, you know, I don't know what we're doing, but, uh,
1: it brainwashes people uh, uh, to... Uh,
2: to a certain extent, I'm sure you're right. ...being
1: different than what we are.
2: Yeah, but thanks. Oh, we, let's get off the beaten track right now. I wanted to say something. I like being um, on the beaten yeah. track. Uh, Sam Kerr. Yeah. I wanted to mention Sam Kerr today. Sam uh, was we grew up with sam Yep. i can still remember i i visually can see sam swinging at a baseball over at grantland ross ballpark yeah he had a hitch in his swing you know and and that's the reason he was such a good softball player you know and he was left-handed and eventually after he left i never saw him pitch you may have and I they, did.
1: he pitched against me
2: okay i never saw him pitch he always played first base. But when he got older, he pitched in one of those semi-pro teams out of Nashville mm-hmm. at one time. And they say he was pretty darn good. Uh, but I Sam, I Sam was big in the Recreation Department. Very uh, he and Mr. Duffy mm-hmm. were very close. Uh, they did a lot for the kids in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Yeah. This is the Recreation Department. It grew with them. Uh, Sam also... Uh, refereed and uh, baseball, baseball, um, umpired baseball, and he refereed basketball and yeah. football. So he was very instrumental. So his passing was was hard.
1: It really was. We got another caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard.
3: Caller. Hello. Hey. Is is this Truman? It is. Truman. This is uh, Bob. Godsey, I used to be the activities director, singer, guitar player on assured care at Stones River Manor. All right. Um, I hope you're doing great. Think Do of it. you often. Thank you. I brother. had a couple Sorry, go I had ahead. a couple I had a couple jokes for the for the farmer. Um, the first <laughs> one is uh did you hear about the farmer that had a beautiful pig that he was very fond of and he named him Ink. He named him Ink because he was always running out of his pen.
2: <laughs> like that one.
3: And the other one was, uh, what can a pigeon do that nine out of ten farmers can't do? Make a small deposit on a pickup truck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that is a good one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm, I'm glad you're doing great. Your show's, I love it. I love your show. Listen every day.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and and they're a lot of fun for me too.
3: Thank you, Chairman. God bless you, man.
1: God bless you too.
3: Thank you. Bye.
2: Bye, bye. All right, I want to say one more thing about Sam. About I think about three years ago, maybe four, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes, he Rutherford was. Rutherford County
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, and I was. He glad, was very proud. Yeah, I was glad we got that done before he died. That was that was that that worked out really well. And I hope that gets back again. I don't know. Uh, I think they've started meeting again, so I hope we start having our old-timers' banquets again. I
4: never
1: did have the chance to eat lunch or dinner with Sam, (laughs) and uh, I'm sure that I would have had to end up paying for it. Sam knew how to make some money. and He knew how how to... um, uh, Especially, he he would go out with uh, uh, some of our coaches from time to time, and uh, uh, they knew that when they were taking Sam out that they would be treating that day.
2: And, you know, uh, he was uh, big with the spring sports, and I don't know if he sold uh, memorabilia. I don't remember. I wish Fred Goodwin was around where we could ask him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did. Uh, he he always had a booth, if I'm not mistaken, at the, at all of the spring sports, mm-hmm. and uh, he did pretty well. Sam knew how to make a dollar. And uh, but I remember, of course, I officiated some and umpired some. But Sam was always uh, uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he uh took it to heart. He was serious about the officiating, the umpiring and you know, he took care of the kids, you know, that that was the big thing. Sam had a big heart. Yeah. And uh, uh I uh and i of course we miss him and, and the recreation department and uh uh Mr. Duffy. Yeah. Gosh, and I always wondered about some of the things. You know, we had the Grantland Rice Ballpark, and of course, it was named after Grantland Rice. And these kids today have no idea even who Grantland Rice was or what he did. And I think it's a shame
1: that we the four horsemen.
2: Yeah, that we uh, built other parks and we tore that down. Why did we not name one of those parks the Grantland Rice Park? after you know, after that one was destroyed. Well, you,
1: you you couldn't uh emulate you, you couldn't build the same ballpark like Grantland Rice because you that was it Grant was Rice. all rock. <laughs> I mean how many of us went home with black eyes and and, and heads swimming playing you know, on Grantland I, Rice?
2: I, I was laughing about some of the Facebook things about Sam hitting the ball up over the uh Telephone poles, because we didn't have a fence yeah. for Babe Ruth. Now you had one for Little League, but you didn't have one for. They'd put that yeah, up.
1: It one over the poles, you could walk around the bases. Well, most of the time, like
2: yeah. I can still see B. E. Palmer. I think it was Sam hit the ball one night up over the one and and B. E. disappeared, <laughs> and he comes back with the ball. Now whether he caught it or not, I'm not sure, because B. E. was little and you know he just is in the dark. But he comes yeah. back and he's got that baseball. In his hand, so yeah, and they called poor old Sam out. But now, that that was funny. uh, uh We we were, we grew up in a in a uh, special good, yeah good time, and you know these kids today. These you know their ballpark. Gosh, when I went to Oakland, that ballpark there, and we would get the field ready, and you'd drag it, and you drag, and it was rock. I mean, just nothing but gravel. Yeah. It was awful. And uh, uh, now, you know, they have they bring in the dirt and they fill it up. And, you know, they've got excellent ballparks to play in. I think the best ballpark we grew up in, though, was over at the VA.
1: It was a good ballpark.
2: Uh, was, the infield was – always, I always yeah. liked the infield. And, and uh, of course, they took care of it. But now, the, of course, the fences were ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if center field wouldn't over. I don't know it might have been 600 feet for all I know. But you could hit a ball in center field and it'd go forever. It didn't go over the fence. But, but now,
1: Sufferdale was a great place to go. Yeah, it was a fun place to go. Yeah. So, and that, 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 us, that was field. like going into Yankee Stadium.
2: That short right field. Yeah. And, you know,
1: uh, and a long left center field. But
2: we've seen so many changes in baseball mm-hmm. and you know the mitts and the balls and the bats you know now they hit with aluminum bats and and uh of course i don't understand all of that uh, well it's money the aluminum bats and i'm uh, when i first started there at oakland i was determined they were going to use b- bats wooden bats it didn't take me very long to figure out we would not going to use any wooden bats. They broke them as fast as they swung them. They, they didn't like them. They wanted the aluminum, which I understand. That ball carries off the aluminum.
1: But it doesn't. It Even, takes away from the game because the sound is so much the, different. The dean. <laughs> yeah. When you hit that ball on the sweet, uh, bat on the sweet spot uh, uh, on the ball, it's unbelievable.
2: Did you ever think you'd spend two, three, four hundred $400 on a bat? And that's, no. what, that's what they spend, you know. Those bats are, uh,
1: if you're going to get a good bat, it's probably going to run
2: you $300. It's and, just amazing. And, and there's no
1: reason for it.
2: <clears throat> no, but it's amazing, uh, the technology with the bats and things. And uh, uh,
1: But I wonder what are the, what they're are the bats, they're still ash, aren't they?
2: No, not all of the wooden bats. No, they, they've changed... Uh, uh, a lot of the wood, and if you'll notice, at the end of every bat, it's hollowed out. Yeah. And now these these well, what was it last night? The guy hit one one hundred and nineteen miles per hour off the off the pitcher. You talking nine- about
1: Stanton? Yeah,
2: and you know, and you take a pitcher, a ball comes back at him one hundred and nineteen miles per hour. He's not going to catch it. And you know, in recent years, we've lost a few pitchers especially in uh, uh, college, balls hit back at them, killed them. Uh, you know, a ball, ball hits your chest hard enough, your heart area, you know, it can stop your heart.
1: But it's not as any, any more dangerous than a softball. There's been a lot well, of people.
2: They, yeah, they've been hurt. That that's one, re- that's one reason I quit playing. I, was, I got old enough I didn't want to play the outfield, so I was pitching. And I had a guy hit a ball back at me one time and, and went Bent my glove backwards, and the right fielder caught it. Hmm. And I said, it's time for me to get out of here. This is too dangerous.
1: How'd that right fielder get in there so quick?
2: <laughs> he didn't even have to move. <laughs> 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 that ball was hit. But, uh, yeah know, we live in a different, you know, a whole different world. And, and uh, so much of it, uh, you just, you know, neighbor helping neighbor. It's so much now. What are you going to do for me? And that's that's kind of got the attitude now. You know, what can you do for me? It's not what can I do for you. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, uh, I don't know what we're going to do politically. I don't know what we're going to do, but if we don't see some changes, and uh, we're we're in for a fight, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoy uh doctors coming to our house when we would be sick and yeah. they'd come and take care of <laughs>
2: Isn't that strange. Yeah, we uh,
1: We didn't have to sit there and and, and write uh, down our history and for thirty minutes or an hour and sit there and wait for them to call us up there mm-hmm. maybe two hours later two or three. And, uh,
2: I've sat in the I, I've been to Tommy Johns' office and I know I've sat three hours and he's as busy as busy could be. Yeah. And uh it's just we live in a different world now, uh, and we we tolerate things, though, that used to. I guess we wouldn't tolerate, but we tolerate things now that uh, I, I wouldn't I tolerate 30 years ago.
1: I don't tolerate them anymore. Well. Uh, All right. I enjoyed you being here, Mikey. And, well, I hope
2: we uh, didn't make too many people mad. Uh, <laughs> Only I, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Always good to talk to Charlie.
2: Oh yeah, Charlie's character.
1: All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at nine o'clock.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNs, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNsRadio.com.